Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome. The title of my message today is The End of the Age. Uh, just as there was a beginning, there will definitely be an end, and Jesus speaks of it often um, in the Bible. So welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken. We provide two updates each week uh, on our video and audio channel called Prophecy Countdown. On Sundays, our messages premiere at 1 p.m., um, and then on Wednesdays, our updates uh, premiere at 11 a.m. Uh, we always try to be very prophecy-related. We love answering questions that you have. If you do have a question, you can send in an email to prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I answer all of those emails personally myself. Every, every question that comes in gets an answer. And that's how we get our topics, like the topic we have today. As I mentioned, my... The topic of my message today is called The End of the Age. And what we'll be doing is we'll be answering a number of questions that have come in uh, from you regarding what's going on in Israel, what the Bible says about the final seven years and the second coming. Uh, so here's a question for you. It's a kind of a rhetorical question, but I'm asking it anyway. Uh, when I say the end of the age, uh, what immediately comes to your mind? Armageddon, uh, the second coming. Uh, perhaps you don't have any particular thoughts, maybe the second coming of Christ. Um, maybe you haven't thought about it too much, but you know, you see these people with these signboards, at least in cartoons, saying the end is coming. And there are a lot of people today that are that saying the end is coming. Well, what do they mean when they say the end? Um, you know, many, many Bible-believing churchgoers, many Christians, really don't understand what's meant uh, when Jesus speaks of the end of the age. So let's start off with two comments that Jesus made, particularly about the end of the age, and we'll then unpack what Jesus had to say and, and, and try to interpret it based on other passages in the Bible and what we know, particularly, for example, the book of Revelation has to speak of. Now, in Matthew 13, but we'll start there, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tares. Perhaps you're familiar with that. Then a few verses later, Jesus gives the interpretation. So I want to read the interpretation. Now remember the parable of the wheat and the tares was that there was somebody that went out and sowed uh, good seed, but then after that there was bad seed that was obviously sown. And this is his interpretation. Uh, chapter 13, beginning in verse 37. Jesus says, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace." In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. 
Now, I'll dig into this explanation of Jesus in a minute, but I want to give you one more reference, likely a reference by Jesus that's a little bit more familiar to you. In Matthew 28, in what's known as the Olivet Discourse, Jesus gives us instructions that are generally known as the Great Commission. Jesus says this. He says, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, the end of the age is, is referenced in both of these passages by Jesus, and, and Jesus references the end of this present age, this present age, which is known as the age of the church, or perhaps you've heard it referred to as the age of grace, sometimes called the time of the Gentiles. It is a period that begins with the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We celebrate that on Pentecost Sunday. Um, and it precedes this, this time of the uh, Gentiles, this age of grace, the time of the church. This precedes the second coming of the Son of God, the righteous judge. The end of the age includes the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming, the judgment of the nations. Um, all of that help usher in what's called the next age to come. So not only does this age end, but there's an age to come afterwards. That's why when people refer to the end of the age and they say it's the end of the world, well, it really isn't the end of the world. I can guarantee you that we're at least seven years away from the end of the age, and after that is a thousand years. That's described very, very clearly in the, in the Bible. It, by the way, it's also described pretty well in my latest book, The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. That's a plug from my, from my publisher. Now, the reason, the reason, my friends, it's important to understand this, and I want to keep it as simple as possible. I, I, you know, I, I, I fret when I see pastors that take a simple passage in the Bible and make it actually more complex. I want to do the opposite. I want to take some of the complex issues of what's called eschatology, which is a study of last things, and, and try to simplify it for you. Try to make it as, as simple as possible so that we can understand it. Now, the reason it's important to understand this is that we are seeing signs of the end of the age. And when we see these signs, we know that the return of Jesus is imminent. Now, here's an analogy. And I can't take credit for this analogy because I've heard it from more than one other pastor, but I, but I love it. And it's this. If you go shopping and you, at the mall, for example, and you start to see red and green twinkling lights and uh, Santa Claus and deck the halls, and you hear jingle bells on the radio, it's a sign. Now, now, what does the sign say? Well, your immediate response should be, well, Christmas is coming. But yeah, but here's the thing. Before Christmas is Thanksgiving. So all of these are a sign that Thanksgiving is very near. You know, it seems that the Christmas season begins earlier and earlier every year. Have you learned that? I mean, have you noticed that? Uh, when I was a kid, it didn't seem like Christmas started, you know, uh, in mid-October. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, pre just preceding Christmas is Thanksgiving. And while there are a lot of signs for Christmas, there's typically no signs for Thanksgiving other than possibly some turkeys on sale at the, at the local grocery store. In just the same way, 
In just the same way, Jesus said he was going to going away and prepare a place for us. In John 14, uh, beginning in verse 1, this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, sometimes it's translated as dwelling places. Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Notice this passage started off by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus is talking about not only his going away, but his coming back at the end of the age. And Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You know, this, this event that Jesus is speaking of, his coming back is, is likely the very first thing that will happen, the first thing that will ramp up into what we know as the, uh, those things that are described very clearly in the book of Revelation that happened during the seven years of tribulation. You know, there are several names for Jesus' return, uh, his return to gather his believers, the church. Uh, it's described as the, the resurrection, the rapture, and the catching away. Now, don't believe it when people tell you that the word rapture is not in the Bible. Uh, it is. It's in the Latin Vulgate, the Bible that the church used for over 1,400 years, and the Latin word that is used as rapiramor. Uh, it's found in the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians and typically translated in English now as caught up together, caught up together, that word rapiramor. Um, it's, in the Greek, it's called harpazo. It's the same word. Um, it's, it's the idea of a snatch, of snatching away, of being caught up together, a, a great taking away. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually found, in, and Paul explains it very well, in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, beginning in verse 16. I'll read that to you. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, here's the thing. There's no sign for this event, what we know as the rapture. It could have happened at any time. Paul himself considered himself eligible. He said, we who are alive, including himself. The reason we know that we're getting close to it today, closer than ever before, uh, is because we're starting to see signs of the tribulation, of the Antichrist, of the nations gathering against Israel. These are the primary things that happen after Jesus comes back for the church. Now, going back to our topic today, which is the end of the age and the parable of the wheat and the tares that I read the explanation for earlier. Notice that the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire. And then afterwards, Jesus says, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. This is the true end of the age. This parable that Jesus teaches and gives the explanation of, a tremendous explanation of, 
is the very end of the age. It's the end of the tribulation uh, after the Antichrist has had its way has, has had his way for seven years. All the nations have gathered against Israel. Um, Jesus returns. His feet touch down on the Mount of Olives. Um, the Bible tells us that in the Battle of Armageddon, which is at the very end, um, all of the enemies of Israel are destroyed. Afterwards, all of the wicked both those that are dead as well as those that are alive are gathered together. Jesus says they're all gathered together like the tares that are thrown into the fire. They're all gathered together for, to appear before Jesus in what's known as the great white throne judgment. Jesus tells us in the parable, in the interpretation of the parable, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. This is the end of the age as described by Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, my friends, here's the good news. If you know Jesus, if you've made him the Lord and Savior, if you've ha you have nothing to fear. We are to look forward to Jesus returning in the clouds, which is described, the, you know, the church is described in the Bible as the bride of Christ. Jesus returns for his bride. The Apostle Paul calls this event, this rapture of the church, also known as the resurrection or the catching up, uh, Jesus in the sky. It's something that's called the blessed hope. It's something that we're to encourage each other uh, with this knowledge that Jesus is coming back soon. So be encouraged. Um, amen. My friends, the signs of the time tell us that Jesus is soon returning. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Please keep watching, keep believing, and we'll see you again soon. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to share the gospel with as many people as possible on video as well as on audio. We pray, Lord, for the people of Israel as well as the uh, Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Uh, um, as we know that the enemies of, Israel's are de of Israel are determined to eradicate the Jewish people. We know, Lord, that you have a plan, and we pray, Lord, that all may come to faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and be saved. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ took our place um, on, the, on the cross uh, and paid the penalty for our sin, and that he not only died and rose again, but he is coming back again. And we give you the praise and the glory for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.